Welcome to We Are ACHE of Massachusetts, a podcast series produced by the Massachusetts chapter of the American College of Healthcare Executives. This series features educational and inspiring conversations with leading game changers in the healthcare field, offering insight into the challenges of healthcare professionals in the 21st century. Now, here's your host, Jordan Rich. Thanks for joining us. In this edition of the podcast, we're bringing you our special Equity in Healthcare series, where we're taking a look at current diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI initiatives in healthcare through interviews with leaders in the field who have done the work and been there. We're going to dig into the impact of DEI-focused projects on patients and the healthcare workforce. We'll also discuss how you can bring successful DEI initiatives to your organization. Today, we're joined by Maureen Bannon, who's a registered nurse and executive director of home and community-based services for Hebrew Senior Life. Hebrew Senior Life built on the Jewish tradition of honoring and respecting our elders. They're a top provider of senior care in the Boston area and a national leader in redefining the experience of aging. What are seniors facing, and it's probably amplified during COVID, in terms of the, the general nature of their care and respect by the community? So in terms of the general nature of their care, what has been really most impactful for them that I've witnessed is the feeling of isolation. And that isolation not only exists in the context of them not getting to see family or others more frequently, but also in the context of touch. Um, Even if family is able to come and look through a window at them, they're not able to hug their grandchildren um, or you know, hold hands or shake hands with their friends that uh, are activities that they're accustomed to doing normally. Which is a huge burden on younger people, but it's magnified so much when someone is older because it's what they have to look forward to, which is children and grandchildren. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I think it's been um, interesting in some ways because I think if we had been asked before the pandemic, if that was something that we would have identified as being high on the list of things that would have been so impactful, I'm not sure we all would have come up with that. Loneliness, I think, in Mm. terms of the seclusion that's come with COVID is certainly something we would have considered. But that portion is uh, really different. Maureen, uh, patience has been in short supply for obvious reasons. It seems to me that elderly patients and elderly people, because they're having trouble with technology and they're not quite as as adept with the, the lingo of the day, seem to get short shrift by some organizations. Is this a problem you see extending across the healthcare platform? Yeah, I mean, um, for example, even as we move into a period of trying to uh, sign up for vaccines, even those uh, who are in the senior category who might be quite adept with technology, uh, it's still a great challenge for them to be able to understand how to navigate the technology in order to uh, sign up for a vaccine at the appropriate time, time Mm. that will work for them, and and coordinate all that. Then you fold in some of that other technology that, again, even for the best of us, can be challenging, whether it's trying to figure out some of your home technology on your television set or uh, learning really quickly how to adapt to um, Zoom so you can be in touch with your grandchildren has been uh, really a new learning opportunity for everybody. 
we feel really good at Hebrew Senior Life that our residents on site really have access to our uh, informatics team that not only uh, supports our business operations, but supports our residents as well. And they've really been an invaluable um, support to have during this time. So what are some of the things that are in play at Hebrew Senior Life to bring more equity and fairness and, and understanding to the population that we're talking about? You know, in terms of um, something that we're really strong with as an organization is communication. Uh, For example, we've really maintained incredible both uh, written and verbal communication with our family members to help them understand how important it is to be fair to all our seniors relative to our visiting policies. Uh, We've been very visible on the web with what we've been uh, dealing with in terms of numbers of COVID cases, for example, when that was peaking back in the spring, but also why we're needing to feather visitation back into our um, residents because even though one person's mom um, may be able to tolerate something like that, another person's dad may not be able to. And um, we need to uh, be equitable across the board um, with everybody in that way. Do you have the resources, Um, generally speaking, Maureen, with all that's going on in the last year, have, have the resources been strained in this endeavor? Oh, yeah, certainly, because, um, you know, we've also have staff members that have either become ill themselves or have also needed to take time off to be able to uh, manage their own uh, family lives, whether it's uh, aging parents, children being homeschooled now unexpectedly, or dealing with sick uh, seniors in their lives at home, which requires requires them needing to step out of the um, work environment. So that's definitely um, strained um, our ability to um, um, meet these needs, but we've been really creative. Um, One project I'm really proud of the organization for is um, one uh, one piece of labor shortage that's prevalent really around the country is nurse aides. And during the pandemic, we were able to uh, create as a team within the organization a Department of Public Health certified aid training program that we are offering to people free of charge who will then come on board, um, be trained as aides, and then be dispersed throughout the organization to full-time jobs. And we had our first cohort graduate last Friday after a uh, four-week program. So that's one of the ways we've really had to um, respond to an industry that, you know, Jordan, Some people are able to make the same amount of money by working at Target, which is less risky than doing this kind of heroic work right now. Gerontology is an incredibly dynamic and busy field now because we're all living so much longer. Is there a need to recruit not just nurses' aides, but also uh, doctors and nurses who specialize in this area? Is that going to be a growing need as we go forward? Yeah, I mean, the peak of the current nursing shortage we're in uh, doesn't hit its peak for about another two to three years. So um, to your point, that's that's definitely a challenge. But as you know, aging services is becoming uh, more and more important because of the uh, pace of aging we're seeing in society. It's uh, the over 85 population is the fastest growing right now. Mm. So, you know, ways we've been unique with that is to be able to attract talent for specialty programs we offer, such as um, our Woke Center for Memory Health, where we onboard nurse practitioners and physicians who have great skill in uh, 
uh, brain health activity for people who may have some concerns that they're having um, brain changes with aging, right up through people we know already have Alzheimer's activity. Um, also, we have palliative care services uh, in the industry, and here at Hebrew Senior Life is no exception. And that is really a next step for individuals who are seeking to get into the aging space, but in a very different way than perhaps the traditional long-term care setting. I'd like to return to problems that the elderly are facing, and one of them is elder abuse. And I, I'm I'm very confident that it's not occurring at Hebrew Senior Life. I know a lot about your organization, but it does occur in the world at large. Yeah, you know, first of all, to your point, that's another example of where elders have been at greater risk during the pandemic, because children they're living with uh, may also have their own small children with them too that they're trying to take care of. Uh, job loss has been so significant. So the strain has been very real. And I want people to understand that there are so many resources out there. Uh, Leading Age is a great resource where people could reach out to understand where, what direction they could go in next in terms of getting um, some help. There are all sorts of support organizations out there. Um, some of them are referred to as aging service access providers that are in local communities that are able to provide support. There are caregiver support groups through organizations such as the Alzheimer's Association. So I would strongly encourage people to reach out. Obviously, people can reach out to um, senior centers in their community. They could always reach out to Hebrew Senior Life and other like organizations. There are a lot of resources to support uh, caregiver strain right now. So we're in a position now as we record our podcast here. The pandemic, as it is known, is starting to wane a bit with the oncoming vaccines, but we're still in uncharted territory. What does the next year or two look like? And what are you planning uh, in general at Hebrew Senior Life to, you know, to tend to the needs of the of the senior population? You know, to your point, Jordan, I, I, we see things that are hopeful because more and more people are getting vaccines. And yet at the same time, we're witnessing uh, a lot of variants to the current vaccine occurring as people get anxious to come back together and in maybe some instances sooner rather than uh, they should. Um, but, you know, something we're really... Um, uh, taking taking a look at, for example, is the impact of telehealth type services in the industry. And that's wide ranging. Uh, telehealth, I know many of us have had this experience over the past year of interfacing with our physicians in that way, where we meet like this by Zoom or we do it by telephone and, um, you know, determine what our next best steps are there. I also noticed that the adult day health care um, industry, which is historically a place where seniors are able to visit on a daily um, basis and receive support and participate in activities. In Massachusetts, for example, they're looking at creating a three-tiered system where instead of somebody necessarily needing to go to the site on a particular day, they may be able to participate in remote type services or even in-home type services. And this is something that MassHealth, for example, is working on right now. Just a final comment. Uh, Maybe talk about one or two individuals without naming last names. Cases where people have 
flourished during really tough times? You see it every day. Share with us a story or two, if you would. So um, I can think of a 96-year-old living at home who historically used to take the ride out to Regis College to participate in adult um, education activities out there. And when that all uh, switched over to Zoom, uh, this is coursework that includes 65-year-olds and 75-year-olds. So uh, this person uh, taught himself how to do Zoom and uh, began participating in the coursework through Zoom and and uh, continues to do that right now. So that's a really good example of somebody who was really able to uh, seize the moment and understand the importance of remaining uh, very interactive at this time. But for other 96-year-olds who might need a little help, there, as you said earlier, are people who can step up and help uh, with a little instruction and, and there's some kindness that would make them feel at home. Absolutely. There, as I said, I cited earlier the um, aging service access providers run activity type groups. Many adult day health programs right now are already doing uh, remote activities that people could become engaged in. Uh, there are these are uh, some of these are free activities. The Regis program has a free uh, uh, lunch. Uh, activity for an hour where a guest speaker comes and people can hop on and listen. So um, there's lots of lots of help out there for these sorts of things. And our senior centers are also great sources of of um, support for those living in their communities and uh, offer a lot of direction both for our seniors living in the community as well as their children. Well, you've got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders, Maureen, but I feel very confident and our listeners do too that you've got it handled as best you can, and you've got a great team with you. Heber Senior Life uh, continues to win awards, and rightfully so. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much, Jordan. And uh, you hit the nail on the head. Teamwork is the answer. So uh, we're happy to do it. And thanks so much for this opportunity. Thank you for joining us today for our Equity in Healthcare series within the We Are ACHE of Massachusetts podcast series. Today's podcast is brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives, the Massachusetts chapter. If you're looking to grow your career, then consider joining other leaders in healthcare and becoming an American College of Healthcare Executives member. There are many benefits to joining the Massachusetts chapter of ACHE. You'll be among the leaders in healthcare, gaining knowledge and skill sets that will help you grow professionally and excel at your job. You'll enjoy greater satisfaction and the potential to enhance your career and you'll be giving back to your profession in positive and inspiring ways. As a member of ACHE, you'll join more than 48,000 healthcare leaders from across the United States and the world who are dedicated to improving healthcare and advancing the profession of healthcare management. Visit ACHE.org slash membership. That's ACHE.org slash membership.